Welcome, Whovians. This is Woke Doctor Who. This podcast is about race and representation in Doctor Who. If that's not where you're here, bye. But if you are here for passionate discussions about race, gender, sexual orientation, etc., then allons-y. If your kids are any younger than kind of teenaged, this is probably not the place for them. We're not promising to be tame in the future, you guys. Okay, so this is at least a PG-13 podcast. (laughs) At least. Welcome back to Woke Doctor Who. This is Toya. And Eugenia. Hi. Welcome back. Okay, so we just wanted to thank you all for listening and for engaging with us, talking to us on Twitter, sending us emails. We're very, very excited to be a part of this conversation now. So continue to talk to us. We love to hear from you. We're happy to talk back. So you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. We have our website. Just talk to us. Yes. So we like it. We we do. We <laughs> like it very much. Um, and I'm particularly talky on social media. So whenever you talk to me, I will absolutely talk back. All right. So today, today's episode is going to touch on something that might be um, a little bit of a controversial subject for some of you guys. I know it is for me, but that's what we're here for, right? At Woke Doctor Who <laughs> is to yes. bring up all of the stuff that ain't nobody else talking about. <laughs> So, today, let's talk about fat. Let's talk about fat, baby. Okay, so, so, let's talk about fat today, all right? So, I, Toya, um, am a plus-sized girl, and I have been for most of my life, right? I've always kind of battled my weight, and now at this point, I like to not think of it as a battle anymore. Like, this is my body. I love it. I like what it can do for me. I want to treat it well. Right. And so it's not anymore about trying to be thin as it is trying to be at my best. And if at my best, I'm still a big chick, that's good enough for me. Right. Um, But when I watch my favorite show, Doctor (laughs) Who, I like to see myself represented um, not only on the TARDIS, but in the episode at large. Right. So I always look for black folks. I always look for women. I look for people with natural hair. Um, And I look for big people. I look for fat people because I want to see how we are treated in the Hooniverse. So today, we're going to call this the adipose episode. (laughs) We're going to get into fat and how it is represented on the TARDIS and through the Doctor Who universe at large. All right. So we wanted to start out today... um, Going in a little bit more um, depth of our, our own personal experiences with yes. you know, fat. Yes. <laughs> and so um, for me, uh, I'm just barely under the cutoff or verge or whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm, I'm just barely under buying plus size clothing. And it's very interesting to me because um, I've definitely been in situations where, um, like, so, I, you know, as... As someone who is on the bigger size, bigger side of normal, Mm -hmm. I guess sometimes I'm still considered normal, um, I still find myself 
in situations where I um, consider myself gigantic, like I feel mm. very big. Like yeah. it's funny, like sitting um, sitting in in like metro seats, you know, or yes. sitting sitting in um, airplane seats. Like I still feel gigantic. Yeah, and so there's a lot of societal messaging like that. You know, no, no one of us really has any ability to affect that sort of from a top down perspective tells you you're fat, you're fat, you're fat, you're fat. Yes. And that's, you know, it's not easy to deal with at all because, you know, even, and so really there is no relief from it. And that's one of the reasons why it's so difficult to deal with. Yeah. And the two of us, by the way, met in the dance world. So being dancers and being not thin not being waves like we're surrounded by folks who are much thinner you know who kind of fit the quote-unquote normal standard of beauty and even having to fight through that not just as a dancer of color but a dancer of you know of a heavier size has been you know one of those things that are kind of hard to deal with um and I've just, you kind of have to power through with like a healthy amount of self-confidence and self-love. <laughs> but the message you get is never one of you are attractive, you're beautiful, you're welcome here. It's always going to be that you are one of the people on the margins. And so since we delve into the margins around here, <laughs> this is the perfect thing for us to talk about, right? Because fat even has something to do with, with race, with color, with class. Because if you're fat, you're lazy, you're unhealthy. Um, you're a person who has no self-control. So we're always constantly told that there's something wrong with you if you're a bat, if you're a big person or a fat person. Um, but I come from a family of big women. So in my family, I'm normal and attractive and loved. Like this is what we all look like. And it's something that makes me feel kind of happy and cozy. Like this identifies me with my folks. And I've never had a problem, um, for romantic partners. <laughs> based on my bigness that's never been a problem (laughs) but in society I'm told that I'm unattractive even though I've never had a problem attracting partners so yeah let's dig into how that shows up on the TARDIS how fat people show up on the TARDIS so um so my personal experience with this from being a woman of color as well as being Asian um, has been really um, an interesting one because the norm for my, you know, my woman of color population is definitely stick thin, rail thin, stick, skinny, rail thin. Yes. All of that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, so I've always found myself to be an outlier. And so growing up with that mentality of, you know, going to a store in Hong Kong and you're there, you want to shop because it's supposed to be world renowned for shopping. Um, and being told that, no, we don't carry anything in sizes this big, you know, and stuff like that has always been, you know, it, it kind of, you carry it with you through your yeah. entire life. And so for me, um, to be that outlier, it was hard for me as, you know, growing up to find myself attractive because when you have a, a societal norm of beauty being set by um, a white beauty standard and a slim white beauty standard, right. um, what ends up happening is, so you have that, like growing up here in the U.S., I found that societal norm, the white societal norm and the Asian societal norm both 
like overtaking my life. So I grew up yeah. not feeling attractive to white men and not feeling attractive to Asian men either. And so yeah. for me, um, you know, this was something that it took a long time for me to really connect with and really understand that the problem wasn't me, that the problem was very, very much bigger than me. Yeah. And that I didn't necessarily have to find, be found attractive by everyone. <laughs> right. I needed to be found attractive by individuals. And so it took me a long time to shake it. And it's Especially, um, Chinese people are not the nicest. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I'm going to say that um, weight is something that's very, very commonly discussed. Okay. Whether you're too skinny or you're too fat in in my culture. And so that's something that I grew up with, with a lot of, you're too fat, you're too fat. Like, oh, you'd only be beautiful, you'd be beautiful if you were were skinnier. Mm -hmm. You know, and that kind of thing, those sort of... Um, qualifiers. That's always it, that's always been a big part of my life, and that's that's very hard. Yeah. <laughs> and when you like when you can't find the relief within your own family or within your own friends or whatever community you're a part of, you want to be able to find some relief somewhere. Yeah. You know. And so you know, there's a lot of reasons for me that I've watched Doctor Who my entire life, but you. As someone who can't, like, this, I feel like this show and many shows like this could be that place where um, someone who wasn't part, uh, like, within a norm could find themselves and find themselves beautiful or find themselves smart or find themselves whatever. And the idea that it might be lacking completely and that, you know, children that grow up that are bigger will watch this show and like feel either ashamed or feel like erased yeah is just completely um it's just unacceptable yeah and it's one of the last things that we find okay to make fun of right right? um even though at times we try to couch it behind i'm just concerned because i'm worried about your health while not having any idea of the health statistics right. of the person you're speaking to. Um, right, because I can see your blood pressure like, right, right now. Right, right, absolutely. Walking, yeah, like, it's apparently. Like, you have a really big butt. You must have high <laughs> blood pressure. Like, <laughs> one thing does not follow the yeah. other. And I should not have to tell people, like, no, I get regular checkups, and no, I don't have high blood pressure. I don't have diabetes. It's not I don't, business. Because it's nobody else's business. Right. And you would never think to question that on a thinner person. Right. Right? And it's only because I am in a body that's big than what that's thought of as norm that people think it is totally acceptable to inquire about my health or to somehow intimate that there's something mentally deficient there or that I'm a person who's lazy or, you know, you would have so many more boyfriends or people attracted to you if you were thinner. And I'm like, lady, I'm already beating them off with a stick. Like, <laughs> so there's always there's always going to be an issue if you're a heavier person you know people are always going to feel like they have the right um to kind of impose mm-hmm. on you um so yeah even even in the universe even in the place that we love so much uh we see quite obvious you know examples of fat being the thing that we think is okay to to speak about mm-hmm. regularly so Let's talk about what's the first time that we're really seeing fat represented um, on the TARDIS. And by the way, we're starting with, we're doing kind of the new, the new who. So, you know, (laughs) 
please feel free not to be, not to tell us that well in 1972 <laughs> there was you know so and so that's hardest so so we're gonna move into our segment yes um, our first, our first you're segment. right okay so we have segments now you guys right. we're so excited about it all right <laughs> so we're going to move into our segment entitled don't, don't blink yes this segment is about um, how in this show, when you have to see everything in a snapshot, that things can often be rife with stereotypes. Yes. Yes. And so what is it that we're supposed to assume about a character um, just from the way they look or, you know, immediately you're supposed to know a whole lot about this character. Yeah. So what is it that we're supposed to know about fat people right. when we see them? So from the beginning, um, pretty much of the, obviously, of the reboot, as yeah. we've already said, um, we are already seeing um, fat people on the show. Yes. And so um, one of the very first episodes that we see any sort of fat people is uh, Aliens of London. Yes. Where we see the Slitheen. Oh, the Slitheen. Yes. <laughs> so we have, um, with the Slitheen, um, how would you describe the Slitheen themselves? Okay, so the Slitheen uh, are all heavy people. So they're all <laughs> overweight folks. Um, and they are kind of uh, shown as being repugnant. Yeah. So not only are they fat people, but they're fat kind of gross people. They fart mm-hmm. all the time. Right. So you're supposed to be immediately repulsed right. by them. And the odd thing about the Slitheen is that they themselves are bigger than fat humans. Right. But what they end up doing to blend in or to be able to come to this World, right, is to inhabit the the bodies, the bodies yeah. of human, the skins of humans, right. as fat suits that they zip themselves up in into. and out of. Yep. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the fact that they're even wearing fat people as body suits is just gross. It's so disgusting, and it's so disgusting. Not in the fact that they're farting, right. and, you know, like kids love farts. Right. Let's just, let's just dispense with that. We yes. know that kids love farts. We know, um, and so like, yes, we are, we are supposed to find them comical so they don't seem as scary. Yes. However, um, it's, it's a really upsetting, it's an upsetting optic to yes. really have, um, the, the fat people in the show literally be aliens. Yes. So literally not human. Mm-hmm. And so, like, in a lot of the things that we talk about with marginalized populations on this show, um, we we see a lot of dehumanizing yes. of, of any sort of marginalized population. Yes. Yeah. Um, and and that's, that's really the thing that I found so off-putting to begin with, is that Every fat person in this episode is an alien. So Mm -hmm. it's not like they have just chosen a few fat folks and they just happen to be the people that they've used. But there are no other ones that are kind of represented as being the normal, average people, which we all know that there are just, you know, there are many fat people in the world. (laughs) Like we aren't, we aren't some kind of abnormal, we're not an aberration. (laughs) There are lots of us around. And so, you know, I think, I think to myself, 
why is it that they pick just the fat people? I guess right. because you can't, you can only fit into their skins, yeah. but. I mean, yeah, I guess that's the case. They only fit into their skins, but a lot of this really still falls into the whole, um, othering yeah. of fat people because, yes. you know, it's a, it's, oh, it's really easily recognizable when you see all these people walking into 10, 10 Downing Street that, mm-hmm. you know, their titles, like the, the news reporter is like, oh, what the, the undersecretary of agriculture is yeah. coming for this, you know, like alien threat. What, right. What's going Why are you on here? here? Um, and so, it's the visual of having fat people walk into like like yeah. walk in a line yeah, into, into a Downing place Street. of power. Yeah. yeah. And so it's a way it's a it's a way of othering, it's a way of us versus theming. Yes. You know, yes. even within the confines of this episode or this two episode arc that you know, we're supposed to see any fat people in the episode as oh, they're a Slovene. Yep. They're know? they're a threat. Right. They're a threat because the Slovene are actually like they're there to destroy. So they don't happen to be just kind of um, benign aliens like they're evil. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're coming to harm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so these people aren't just fat and gross, but they're fat and gross and evil. evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And then we see that again um, in uh I think the first tenant season, yeah, um, with uh, the episode "Love and Monsters," yes, um, which I believe I remember it being something along the lines of there there had been a um, like some sort of contest to like write into the BBC and we'll put your monster on on the the show or something oh, like that. God. It was something along those lines. <laughs> I seem to remember that from Doctor Who Confidential, and so there we had another mm-hmm. fat monster yes, yes um who uh who <laughs> operated by eating people? eating yes yeah and kind of in- inhaling them and yeah. making, they're now stuck in the body yeah and i'm trying to remember remember um i think he was from a planet close to slitheen like an, a, a moon off of the uh, orbit of slitheen yeah that and so now sense. all the fat people are from <laughs> what is it raxico floor coral Cali- Cali- oh god raxico <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> One of you write it and tell us how to say Raxicofloravitorius, something like. Oh that. my goodness! Like I can, I can imagine Eccleston saying I it. I can hear Rose saying it. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> but they're okay. So they're from the fat people universe. Yeah. I think I almost got it. Raxicofalopatorius. I feel like I'm missing Raxicofalotopolis. I don't know. Oh God! We we'll have to. This is why Google is our friend. We're gonna right. have to pull this. And up. it's funny because I just saw um, a meme that had a, a like a Slovene face on it that said like what happens on Raxico Flora Fatalis or whatever <laughs> stays on Raxico Flora And I was like, that's amazing. And now I've instantly forgotten of how to co- say of the course. word. Of course, <laughs> of course. Like I, it's so bad that I can just imagine him saying it, and yet I cannot hear how to say it properly. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we we will figure this out, people. Yes. All right, but yes. Yeah, so there's so ew. Now there's even kind of a fat people universe. There's yeah. the fat people planet. Right. <laughs> you right. know? How awful! Like that's that's so. That's honestly like I I don't want to get childish here, but no. that's so mean. It is. <laughs> like, it is. It's very, absolutely very mean. mean. Yeah. And just imagine um, being a, a bigger child growing up, watching this, and going. Yeah. Okay, like, hopefully, they wouldn't see themselves in it. But I I find, like, I find it, 
For me, as a child, I remember little things really kind of rubbing me the wrong way. Yes. It was always just one tiny little thing that I was like, why did that happen? You know? And so I remember at some point um, getting really angry in a McDonald's because an old lady glared at me. And I went to my mom and I said, within earshot of this old lady, that lady looked at me as if I'm a foreigner. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I was like, four. And so, like, things like this, yeah. you know, you'd hope it wouldn't actually reach these kids on a personal level because, oh, they're monsters, they, yeah. they're terrible, all of that. But to see on screen, like, the one fat person. Yeah, you take it and, to heart. Yeah, you do. I feel like they're in must, like, yeah. affect yeah, it has to. Way. I mean, I of course we all have the stories of what bothered you as a child that probably wouldn't bother you as an adult. But like I was the kid who would get mad because oh, what was it? Romper room and the lady would like look into the mirror and say, "I see so and so. I see Timmy. I see Sally. I see Susie." And she never ever said, "I see Toya." And every day I would wait for her to say that. <laughs> and I would be <laughs> devastated because she never said it. <laughs> I would sob. I went sobbing to my grandmother who was like, she's never going to say that. And it hurt my, it hurt my feelings so bad. But she was like, she's never going to say it because Toya is a black name. <laughs> and I would just be like, oh no. <laughs> Which now as an adult, I have to admit still when I see things with like name plates on them and mm-hmm. stuff, I always look for Toya. There's never a Toya. Yeah. Okay. There are people out here named Toya people. All right. Yeah. Let's make stuff with Toya yeah. on it. And if me, okay. I do not accept that Eugene is the only, only nameplate that will ever be close right. to my name. Like, like there are yeah. girls. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Scratch out the E and draw an I A. Come on. I have found Tanya, but no, that's Tanya. also not Scratch acceptable. Scratch out the N. <laughs> Not acceptable. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah, I mean, it it has to reach these children. Yeah. Because, like, you know, we remember being offended as a kid. Yeah. And that, like, and it's, it's really upsetting because my mom always, like, mentions now, like, when I mention, oh, the things that happened to me as a kid, like, being pulled into, uh, what is it, uh, to take the... A test of English as a foreign language exam. Yeah. Like, out of the blue, out of my elementary school class, when I was born here, right. I'm, a, like, I'm not naturalized. I was born right. here. <laughs> and so there is no reason that it would be English as a foreign language for me. And I remember telling my mom way many years later, and she was like, what? What? <laughs> like, what did they do? And you didn't tell me then? Because kids won't sit there and say this lady said this thing or like unless you were a kid like me that just wanted to make an old lady feel bad (laughs) because i apparently have a long history of that oh Um, yeah you think so you did something wrong right yeah right because you think it's your fault that you got pulled into a room um like for for these things yeah you internalize it right right and so it's it's sad because what ends up happening is then what this this fat shaming society, this fat shaming world that we have perpetuates yes. through the pe- the very people themselves, you know, yeah. and that's unacceptable. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. So <laughs> you know, here at Woke Doctor Who, we're not just talking about controversial issues; we're also having therapy. Yes, we are. <laughs> So moving on, and um, what the next time we see fat people on the show, um, we finally see fat humans that are really yes. actually humans, and that is on the episode Voyage of the Damned, mm. um, the Titanic episode. Yes. So not only are they fat people, but they're a fat couple. Yes. So we finally see fat people who have somebody who loves them. Yes. <laughs> 
Which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, however, we do see right there in front of our eyes um, them get made fun of. Yes. Um, and get them get ridiculed um, yeah. of being told that oh tonight's fancy dress so they came showed up they showed up in like spangly cowboy outfits yes. and all yeah. these rich skinny people are laughing at that yes because fat not only means unhealthy but it also means low class right yeah right and it's it's really like the doctor always steps in for the bullied yeah that is that is his role and it's fantastic that he steps in to get to know them and like it does make me a little sad when i think back to this episode because they're such nice people yeah and it's great that they're nice people however um Throughout the rest of the episode, we see them constantly be ridiculed, and yes. we don't see the doctor stand up for them. Yeah. At any point, we do, do we ever see the doctor actually stand up to the people that are They're uh, bullying uh, them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We see him go like be friends, but we don't see him actually come out and say, "Cut Stop it, it out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, and and it's it's so from the very beginning they are pointed out as being the ones who are not like us Mm -hmm. right so these are the poor people it must be something wrong with them they are made to look funny Mm -hmm. you know so they are the ones who are too bright too loud too you know not dressed right not saying the right things not doing the right things they are the butt of the joke Mm -hmm. at every turn in the episode yeah until until one of them dies because Because. of their weight yeah and that's what's so upsetting like as a as a child watching this as anyone watching this what could you take away except for the fact that um okay well maybe i shouldn't be fat yeah because if you had been skinnier you'd still be alive yeah yeah Yeah. and that's just again i'm gonna say this a lot in this episode but that's completely unacceptable it is because you know most people that are fat can't necessarily immediately do anything about it like <laughs> right. genetics comes into right. play and i can't decide i'm going to be skinny tomorrow yeah. when i Ding. wake up it's not you know the twilight zone future where we get to pick our bodies although i've had a darn good time in this one so i'd probably yeah. pick it again <laughs> okay. I've, I've come to accept mine yeah. i'm okay with mine now <laughs> but you're right it, it, it isn't something that you can immediately do anything about and right. even when people are trying quote-unquote to do something about the, their bodies even that makes you the butt of a joke mm-hmm. you know even that makes you kind of an object of ridicule because how many times has the fat person in the gym been the one that right. everybody's making fun of right so it's like you should lose weight but if you're trying to lose weight we're going to make fun of you right. about that as yeah. well lose weight in secret right it's like the mean teacher thing the next time i see you i expect you to be skinny yeah what yeah. Well, <laughs> you're gonna see me tomorrow and i'm yeah. gonna look just like yeah. this sorry hmm. <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> yeah. i'm so sorry to be overweight in yeah. your presence yeah yeah, sorry. I'm I'm really um, disappointing you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. So speaking of people that are trying to do something about their weight, uh, the next time we see fat people, yeah, is the, the adipose episode. <laughs> the adipose episode, which, by the way, funnily enough, is my daughter's very favorite. <laughs> It is like her one of her very favorite episodes, and in fact, she asked me to buy her one of the little adipose <laughs> figurines when she first started watching Doctor Who, and I got her one, and she named him Squish. Squish, and he was her favorite thing ever. Like she she uh, sewed him a little tuxedo jacket, <gasps> and, like a t- <laughs> and a red tie. <laughs> oh my god! 
<laughs> Express was the cutest thing ever. <laughs> and so we kind of fell in love with the little adipose and they're the tiny little, they're very cute little white bubbly things. Um, and so it's very cute. However, in the episode, these things actually come from people's bodies. Like they pop off of people's bodies. Right. And it's, God. <laughs> okay. And so we all know people who are trying to lose weight. If we haven't been the person who's tried, tried to lose weight before, we all have known somebody. And so in this instance, they're what, taking diet pills or whatever? There's a, I think there's a, there's a diet pill, yeah. like simile, and that yeah. they're wearing a pill around their necks that they twist at a certain oh. time, which is, I guess, the thing that feeds the adipose Creature. Creature, right. I was like, because they're aliens too, by the way. From their own bodies. Oh, (laughs) God. Parasites. That is a parasite. That is a parasite that you have to get rid of. Yes. It's an actual alien being that you could just pop off of your body. (laughs) You know, like, it's so, it's so weird that these people are basically incubating these, like, little baby alien things. Um and so in that way, it's like, okay, so the people, the fat people are actually people, but somehow they are the fat of their body. Like they're feeding an alien race. So now we have little alien white bubbly things. Like I can't even describe. They look like marshmallows. <laughs> Like little with, walking with one little tooth. That's right. always my favorite part is that they have one little tooth coming down. And they make down. those tiny little noises yeah. and everything. Yeah. And so a lot of times these things in the show pass muster because right. like they're so cute. They're cute. Like, I, How can you be offended? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I'm sure there's so many kids that have gone out and like had their parents buy like, yeah. stuffed adipose. The stuffed and, adipose. Like, and you know, it, it, it's always oh, so cute. And then you're going, you're little, you're literally squishing flat, fat. Yeah. You're yeah. literally squishing some fat right now. And that's how it feels too. Right. The little squish thing. Like it, it actually squishes between your hands, which is gross. Right. But yeah, it, it's one of those things that I didn't even think to be offended by the first time I saw it. Cause I was just like, isn't this the cutest thing right. ever? And then you think about it and you're like, wait, right. Right. <laughs> you know, wait. So these people have been targeted because they're overweight and they're desperately trying to do something about it. And, Somehow they now have they have now allowed humanity yeah. to be invaded by an alien race basically right. because and you're I, fat right and I almost feel like if this episode if this show cared about fat people at all there would have been one person standing there going Mm-mm, that's not for me you yeah know? Like, yeah I don't want been, I don't care about it right. I, I'm just fine being fat but right. no that's not how it was right yeah yeah and that's um, that's. That's pretty upsetting. And why would they? It 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 was the alien race. So the lady who was basically the Mary Poppins of the right. whole Oedipus things, the nanny, you know, she pushed it onto fat people mm-hmm. because you know that fat people have something that they desperately want to change. Right. Right. You know, these people think something is wrong with them, right. and they want to be better or they want to be average, and so they're going to be willing to do whatever in right. order to lose this weight. Right. And there's a terrifying. Um, simile about this of having this idea of something being forced on people that inherently have low self-esteem yeah and that's very upsetting when you actually step back and take a look at that and think about you know um and trigger warning (laughs) i guess trigger warning but um you know rape culture yeah and the idea here of having like identifying um a 
some uh, a, a target with low self-esteem and going, well, I'm going to make you do this and you're not going to say mum about it, you know, yeah. because, because because they've been targeting yeah. and because of. Yeah, yeah, because you already don't feel great about yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. There is there is this idea that fat people will just take it. They'll right. take anything because right. obviously they don't feel great yeah. about themselves. And it might not be like I'm not trying to say in any capacity that um like survivors of sexual assault like were targeted because they have low self-esteem. Of course I don't mean that. So it might the the analogy might be more of like the the pickup artist Mm, culture yes you know yes, yes i think that's actually more apt yeah, yeah. so erase erase that <laughs> forget that i said <laughs> but no culture. you're right yeah, but that's part of rape culture it is well. it is there's this whole idea that you know negging is the yes. thing that will get a woman to like you um is if you continue to say awful things about her because she must already feel bad about herself because that's what women do yeah. right and if you continue to give them reasons why they're not so great they will actually be grateful for your attentions. And that's like the whole point of that. And, you know, <laughs> F all those dudes. <laughs> yeah, F them like, forever. I'm saying F other than what you absolutely know what I mean. Because yes. we said we're trying to be PG-13. <laughs> yeah. If we were being R, you know exactly what I mean by that. Actually, don't F those yes, dudes. don't. I mean, do not, do not don't F, F, those, F those, dudes those dudes because they're not worth you. Yes. All right. F them, but don't. But don't. Yeah. <laughs> don't give them the satisfaction or the pleasure <laughs> yes. of effing them ever. And of course, we're not saying don't like adipose anymore. Cause no, because I still like squish. It's hard. But yeah, it's, there, it is important. We feel it's important for us to really yes. sort of unpack. Think a little deeper. Yes. Analyze. Yes. Um, and from there, okay, so that's pretty much the end. Well, of the bigger examples from yeah. Russell T. Davies, RTD's run on the show. Mm-hmm. And then from there, we move to um, Stephen. Stephen I almost forgot his name. Yeah. I'm like, uh, well, he's gone. We can forget about Moffitt. him. No, he's not gone. <laughs> um, but yes. Yeah, so then we move to Moffitt's yeah. um, run on the show. And we do, um, within a few seasons, I believe, encounter another fat character who mm-hmm. is Craig, Aww, who we Craig. see in The Lodger and the name of the second episode, I can't remember, but yeah. Stormageddon's episode. Stormageddon's episode. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> James Corden will forever be Craig to me. In fact, when I saw that he had a late night show, I went, like, Craig has <laughs> a late night show? Like, I didn't know... Of course, he had a whole career outside of Doctor Who, but in my mind, he's just Craig. So the doctor's mate, um, mate meaning friend and not mate <laughs> meaning boo, as, you know, Donna made very clear from the very beginning that she was not here to mate with him. Um, I can't wait for there to be a, well, there is a doctor's boo, and that's River. <laughs> River is the, the doctor's, doctor's boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, more popularly known as wife, but yes, <laughs> the Doctor's Bay. The Doctor's Bay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Craig, um, he pops up in the episode The Lodger, where the Doctor literally becomes his roommate. The Doctor moves in with him. Yes, and he's a very sweet character. Yeah. I don't know that there's anyone that could watch any of these episodes and not be like, well, he's a really sympathetic character, yeah. and we suddenly now are gigantic Craig fans. Yeah. However, there is a disturbing part about Craig, and that's how much he gets... Um, made fun of i mean it's not really and clearly obviously it's never going to be the doctor making fun of him yes but the show does sort of like what's the word the show ends up sort of um 
Uh, <laughs> I don't like using this word at all, especially in this, you know, in our current political climate. Yeah. I hate using this word, but I can't think of another way to describe it. He gets cuckolded yeah. by the doctor within his own life. Yes. And so that's already one part of like, you know, uh, making him a second class citizen in his own yeah. life, you know, and he like, and we'll get to this, we'll get more in depth about his overall attractiveness and yeah. how they portray his per- attractiveness on the show. But overall, he's kind of a goofy character. Yeah. And so are we trying to say that, oh, look, here's a sympathetic character, but you still need to find him funny. Yeah, because the doctor pretty much comes in and takes over his whole life and is better than him at everything that right. he does. You know, <laughs> he's better than him at his job and he's better than him <laughs> at football. <laughs> you know, like... All of the, all of Craig's friends immediately like the doctor. <laughs> like everything about Craig's life, the doctor comes in and is like, "I'm better than you at all of this." Which, of course, I mean, he's a doctor. He's this supernatural character, and yeah. we understand. But yeah, Craig isn't even allowed to be the man in his own right. life, right? You know. And so, like, that's that's you know, of course, at first glance, it's not as upsetting as right. you know. The a fat person falling to their death or literally being an alien, but it right. still fits into this dehumanizing via the the comical look we have at them, the comical yeah. lens that we put over him because he's fat. Yeah, because Craig is off longing for this woman <laughs> who actually likes him back, but he doesn't know how to kind of cross the threshold to talk to her, to really um, make it clear to her that he's romantically interested. Like, he just can't cross that line and we're supposed to feel sorry for Craig in his own life you know like he's just he's a nice dude but he's never like he's not the winner and we're always supposed to feel pitiful for him he's he's a pitiful character yes even if he's a likable one right yeah <sighs> but we still love him I mean we love Craig yeah and he is the father of Stormageddon Dark Lord yes. of all so yes. <laughs> how is he not, not the best yeah <laughs> um, whose name is Alfie which is so <laughs> it's so hilarious like so Alfie name. is such a cute little name and he's like yeah I like that however I would prefer <laughs> to be called Stormageddon <laughs> and by the way you're not mom okay there's mom and then there are these peons who are not mom and then everybody else are just peasants <laughs> And I am the center of the universe, which I'm sure is basically how babies feel. Like, I am the center of the universe, and then there's the one who has the milk, and then there are a couple of other ones who are around all the time who don't have milk, and mm-hmm. so they're okay. And then there's the whole rest of the world, yeah. and we don't care anything yeah. about them. They're kind of like cats. <laughs> there you go. And that way, they're kind of like cats. Talking about dehumanizing, babies are cats. Yes. So... I mean, so we're getting better. We're getting better at fat, right? Mm -hmm. They're not aliens now. They're Mm -hmm. not evil Mm -hmm. fat people. Um, but they're still pitiful. Like Mm -hmm. they, they are, they don't have much agency still in over their own lives. Right. And they're not seen as attractive. Like even though this woman likes Craig back, you know, he, you can tell, doesn't think of himself as somebody who's, you know, quote unquote, good enough mm-hmm. for her. He doesn't feel like he would be attractive to her, right. which is why he can't make himself kind of approach her and mm-hmm. talk to her until, you know, being given kind of a makeover and mm-hmm. some prodding, mm-hmm. you know, he just doesn't feel good enough about himself to right. pursue this woman. And we'll definitely delve further into that makeover later yeah. on. <laughs> yes. Um, so the next time we see a fat person that we remember, that we remember. Um, is Nardole. Yes. Oh, poor Nardole. <laughs> Who, I mean, I actually, I actually like him, although... 
I think I'm the person who, when he showed up on the first episode of this season, I was like, why is he still I'm trying here? to remember which episode we saw him. We met him in Husbands of River yes, Song, Yes, Husbands right? of River Song. And wasn't he a henchman of um, her husband? Like the Yes, the he was. He okay. was. And then he wound up being taken over right. by the husband. So I guess he like put his head oh that's right on yeah. the body uh-huh. of, on the robot body right. thing um and then further on you see him kind of you know he has to stay a part of that thing mm-hmm. and so you see him later on when the doctor comes back and he's still there and everything so that's how we get introduced to Nardal, which i thought it was cute and uh you know it was a cute enough idea in the beginning but i guess i'm the person who just doesn't see why he continues to right. be a thing right and i forget how so he was there was we won't call him evil let's call him yeah. neutral yeah i don't i never thought of not all as, no. as evil it was just like he was being made to do this thing okay and i don't think was he a maybe he wasn't really a henchman he just happened to be a person who was there like i don't think of him he he was one of the the people who served this king Mm -hmm. but i don't think that he was inherently evil himself Mm -hmm. and he just kind of got taken yeah and uh forced to be a part of all of this right so not all himself was not evil but he was again without agency like he's not he's not the head of his own life or the center of his own life like he was literally taken and his body used yeah for this for this king's uh his purposes yeah yeah, yeah, right. And that's, um, again, a, a next in a very long line of removing agency yes. from fat from people fat on the people. show. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we have the most recent, well, not the most recent. Where are we now? We've two episodes into the season? Three episodes Three. into the season. Three episodes in. So the very first episode that where we see Bill Potts mm-hmm. of this current season, Yes, um, she's wonderful and yes. we love her. And, love and her. we're going to say that every time. Every time, like, from here on out. It, <laughs> we will I, love her. Yeah, we will love her because she's awesome. Right. But, like, I feel for us, like, it's really important for yeah. us to call out. We like, have to always call it out, yeah. even with the people that yeah. we love. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so she... Um, within the first few minutes of meeting her, yes, claims to have seen a very beautiful woman, mm-hmm. um, and had a crush on her, and she was working in the canteen, canteen, mm-hmm. the not canteen. cantina, and I have yeah, to make the canteen. sure I keep yeah. that straight because that nearly came out, and I suddenly started singing the Star Wars cantina music in my head. <laughs> Um, so she's working in the canteen. The canteen, which I would just call the cafeteria yes, anyway, but yeah. <laughs> um, and so she, we see her working there and she sees a beautiful woman that she has a crush on mm-hmm. and can't look her in the eye and just gives her extra chips. Every time. Every time. And no, then, known here as French fries. And yes. <laughs> because <laughs> chips are an actual other thing. Which they call crisps. Crisps. Okay. Right. <laughs> So okay, but yes, but she she hands her extra fries every mm-hmm. time she sees her because that's what that's Bill's occupation. She works at the fry station at the canteen, yes. and <laughs> which is just the cutest. It's though. so adorable. <laughs> but then she said she finally works up the courage to yep. look her in the face and realizes that she has in quotes fatted, fatted her. her. Yeah, I fatted her. And she kind of goes like, isn't that the way of it? Yeah. So now that you've worked up the courage to approach this attractive woman that you've been interested in, you're no longer interested Mm -hmm. because she's fat. And it's, I can't tell 
especially later on when we see this woman and we see the wink that they exchange, whether the attraction is still there. But she does say within that yeah. that line to the doctor that she does um, imply that she's no longer yeah, attractive. She's, yeah, she's not. She doesn't feel the same anymore. Right. Now that I've fattened her up. Right. Yeah. And again, now this woman has lost her agency. Yep. Someone else has made her fat. Right. You know, right. and that's, Again, really disturbing. Right. And, that, and it goes, again, into our very disturbing territory of um, a lack of agency for any yeah. fat person on the show and a lack of attractiveness yes, of any fat person on the show. Why all of a sudden have... And I think to myself, like, how long have you been giving this woman extra fries and how many extra fries have you given her? Right. Because I can't think of how you would suddenly be abnormally fat over four or five more fries on your plate. Like, well, how many more fries are you giving her? And yeah, and at least here in the U.S., like, we have the freshman 15. Right, So yeah. when you go to college, you, just put some you weight gain on. weight. It's just yeah. how it goes. You know, you're in an environment where you're stressed. The things that are best for you have a lot of carbohydrates and fats. Right. Because that's, you know, here neuroscientists, <laughs> neuroscience alert, neuroscience alert. That is what your brain needs for function. Yes. Is carbs and fats. Yeah. So don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. Um, and so, um, yeah, so you're in an environment where you're not having anyone else doing your cooking for you. Right. You're going to dining halls. So you gain weight. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. And so the idea that Bill feels like she yeah, has made about her fat. Like, why do you think you're the thing right. that fattened her she up? She might have gotten really stressed out. Maybe yeah. she's a double major and planning to go to med school. Right. Come on. Like, right. there's something else that right. could have made her fat. Why did you think why it was you? Why do you think it's you? Why do you assume that you're the one who fattened her up? And then after you've done that, why are you annoyed by it? Right. Like, you're kind of like... Ugh, isn't Ugh. that just the way of yeah. it? Like, Ugh. now that I feel like I can look at her and talk to her, I notice that I fattened her up. Right. So, yeah. <sighs> oh, Bill. So, we still love you, though. We love you, Bill. <laughs> yes. We still we love, love you, Bill. <laughs> but we all have our issues, and girl, that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so those are um, the sort of more like noticeable examples that we've been able to come across. Mm -hmm. There are a couple more um, that like, I think we're going to end up expanding on in more in our next few segments. But um, Donna and Jackie, neither of them are what either of us would consider overweight. Yeah. And we don't, I don't know that we're supposed to consider them overweight, but they're definitely not wafy. Yeah. And so uh, we'll be going delving deeper into their, Roles, right? Or their how how they're treated by the show, right? In um, our next segment, yeah, and why that's our why that's a segments. thing, yeah. So our next our next segment, by the way, uh, since we are talking about that, let's kind of slide into that, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Alonzi Alonzo. Let's talk about sex and sexuality. <laughs> All right, so. Donna and Jackie. So these are the women, like Eugenia said, who have been on the TARDIS, who are not what we would consider overweight or plus size women, but they're definitely not the thin kind of quote unquote sexy uh, women that that have been on the TARDIS. So they are not the Marthas. They're not the Roses. They're not the Amys. Definitely not the Amys. They're definitely not the Amys. <laughs> right. And so Donna and Jackie are both kind of seen as frumps, right? Um, particularly, I'm thinking about the way they dressed Donna um, on the TARDIS. 
and and she kind of presents herself or it seems like she thinks of herself as kind of a frumpy Mm -hmm. um character and jackie (laughs) who her daughter is only 19 years old so this is not an old woman and at one point she even says i'm 40 the doctor always treats her as if she's kind of this old hag but that because she's rose's mom she's inherently unattractive nobody would even look at her you know there's the beginning episodes where she's like i'm in my night <laughs> you know and with christopher eccleston who by the way she and christopher eccleston are the age appropriate you know love interests mm-hmm. here and she says him i'm in my nighty and he kind of looks at her like and, and you know because he's pursuing her 19 right. year old child right. yeah. and then in um and and in fact um in love and monsters you see her come on to i believe his name is elton the the main character in that show since mm-hmm. we really barely see the doctor in that one um and we see her sort of you know hey <laughs> to him and it's it's frustrating because um you know i think back to like so a lot of what she wears a lot of what um rose wears Mm -hmm. they're very indicative of the working class that they're from so she's wearing a lot of those i always think of them as britney spears style jumpsuits in those velvet yeah those velour the the velour (laughs) track suits what were they oh god who made them like victoria's secret i remember like juicy Juicy. Juicy. that's what it was juicy made them (laughs) made those velour tracksuits <laughs> that were in like those candy colors or whatever so they were all like baby blue or like powder pink and stuff yeah. right and so a lot of you know a lot of why that got popular is you know britney spears she got a body yeah. on her you yeah. know she looks good and so um in and so the fact that she's wearing these i don't find them flattering on most people right yeah they're really not but they were what was in style right yeah and so what happens like i remember that moment when we go over to the alternate universe Mm -hmm. where um her husband is still around and they're wealthy and they're wealthy and she is dressed like amazingly and remembering at that point that oh wait these are supposed to be the same women Mm -hmm. and so like there is a little bit of an overlay of class to it too but I just couldn't get over how much this Jackie in the the alternate universe Jackie Mm -hmm. looked so chic and so slim and so and it's just sort of like this is a I know we're supposed to see it through the lens of class as well but I was Mm -hmm. like wow like they kind of why why'd they do that yeah like she looks she looks so much more attractive because she's wearing clothes that are well fitted to her you know that make her look like she has a bit of wealth she has a bit of power and so forth but i mean it it just for me the line is so clear of what the doctor himself Mm -hmm. finds attractive and unattractive you know he's immediately attracted to this young and thin woman as opposed to the Oh God, I hate to call her middle-aged because I'm 38 myself. (laughs) (laughs) This middle-aged woman with a bit more weight on her, you know, he doesn't find her attractive at all. And in fact, as you go on from Eccleston into Tennant, like there's this kind of like Tennant kind of goes, ew, basically Mm -hmm. every time he Mm -hmm. talks about Jackie and he doesn't have to actually say ew for you to get the idea that that's what he's thinking every mm-hmm. time he thinks about her. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting because um, one of the things that I remember one of our favorite podcasts which please pointing yeah. out is um, how uh, the evil people that mm-hmm. are fat in her in J.K. Rowling's books she calls fat 
in yes. disgusting terms. Yes. Like, sort of yeah. like wobbling yes. and like grotesque sort of mm-hmm. terms. And the good fat people are called plump. Yeah. And so I kind of feel like this show, and so even though they're plump, mm-hmm. they're not supposed to be found attractive. So right. we have, um, you know, we have uh, uh, Mrs. Weasley. There yes, we go. Mrs. I got Weasley. there eventually. Yeah, um, Mrs. Weasley, and you're not necessarily, you know, clearly, clearly she's gotten it on. Yeah, with she Arthur. has quite, a few, quite children. a few children. But you, I mean, yeah. as, especially it's told from the lens of a Harry. A, yeah. Harry. Um, you're not supposed to find them attractive, and so in that same sense, like. If you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're relating to Rose, yeah. and you're not supposed, not a kid, but you know, like, yeah. kid, teenager. Yeah, younger. You're relating to Rose, and you're not supposed to find Jackie attractive. Yes. Okay, that's fine. But when it comes down to, um, and so, and then the same thing with Donna, I guess, you know, you should find Donna attractive, you should find her, I don't know what, what I feel like kids should have found her. <sighs> funny, I, yeah, funny. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I think so, that's what they were funny. trying to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get across so you with Donna. see, you and like we've said before, like Donna is also cast as the mom. The mom yes. is the doctor, mm-hmm. and so you see moms and yep. you see funny, and along with this sort of plump mentality, yes. not yeah. quite fat. Yeah, but, but moms plump. are big. Yeah, moms, moms are, are big. Yep. Moms are big, and that again is just sort of. It just yeah. goes under it, it as another score for our point of like they're either fat, yep. I mean, they're in sorry, they're either um, funny, funny, or they are um, kind of dehumanized, dehumanized. Like, yeah. yeah. So so they take away any kind of sexuality mm-hmm. from these women, even though Jackie at some point you know she has she has a dude and and. Toward the end of her run, she's back with her husband, even mm-hmm. though this is her alternate universe husband, and they have they're having a baby, yeah. right? So obviously Jackie has gotten so at this point. And Donna, when we see her, is engaged. Mm-hmm. So these women do have sex lives, right? But they are shown as being really unsexy. Yeah. Like that is that is a story you're given, is that these women are not sexually attractive, although it's obvious that mm-hmm. at least one or two folks have found them mm-hmm. sexually attractive right. over the years. But yeah, they're not thin and they're older. Right. So there's this kind of age range for what's sexy as mm-hmm. well. You know, all of the other women on the TARDIS are young women. Yeah. Even Martha who is has started her career she's still towards the beginning of her career which would have placed her firmly in kind of like her early to mid 20s so she's not an older woman but anybody who's seen is kind of like over 30 yeah these are the unsexy women yep and the plump ones are the unsexy women right and so from there we also have um you know now that we've talked about style a little bit i just did a really (laughs) stupid hand gesture (laughs) that's that gesture meant style Style. Fashion. <laughs> now you can't see style. it, but it was very good. <laughs> let's all let's also delve into Craig. Yes. So Craig, when we first see him, yeah. Let's talk about how uh, they make uh, soccer uniforms in all sizes. Yes, right? they do. Okay, I so would, I would imagine. Yeah. So ostensibly, they could have found you know since he went and bought. Yeah. the uniform himself he could have found a shirt that fit him yeah. right yeah they could have he could have he could have yeah. i don't i don't think that you know he's not so massive that there would <laughs> right. be no shirt to fit right. him like he's obviously not right. 600 pounds and or something. somehow his jersey fit the doctor even though it was loose 
<laughs> right. Okay. So let's talk about how, again, we've gone down comic yeah. and therefore unattractive route with, yes. um, with Craig. Yes. So the entire time he's sitting there pining for Sophie, pining, pining, pining. And then, so every single time you see him, he's often seated, which is really yeah. interesting. And he's often wearing shirts that are way, way too, too small, small for him. Yeah. The, he looks ridiculous in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. And it just serves to make him look bigger than he yeah, really is. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, like, we need to underscore the fact that he scored a gigantic victory in, you know, being able to overcome himself to be with <laughs> to Sophie. To be with a girl, yeah. Yeah. So, with the moment at which, um, you know, we're getting towards the end of the episode and you're like, oh, they have to get together because, you know, everyone roots for the couple yes, of to, to go and get together um, and not die. Right. <laughs> like, was, you know the the actual threat and <laughs> do yeah. not fall prey to the threat that was yes. there because it's Doctor Who. Um, so that that entire day where we see him, he is dressed really nicely. Yeah. So he's going to work and he's wearing a button up shirt and a sport jacket. Yeah. So, so obviously there are clothes in the universe that fit him. Right. And yeah. so we've um like it's funny in the U.S. we had this show called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy yes. way back when. And um, did it start as a English thing? There are oh, so many. Of, I don't know. There are so many of our shows that have started as like a British thing and we I brought it over. But I'm wondering if Queer Eye was not one of those. I don't remember. Um, I don't know why that's in my head. But anyway, <laughs> go ahead. We yeah. know what version we're talking about yes. with Carson Cressley and yes. all of those yes. guys. Ted and, Allen. And Ted yeah. Allen, who I still adore. <laughs> yes. Um, and so that show, you know, made it their, their business to um, make over. Yes. Straight men, in mm-hmm. quotes, that could not dress themselves. Yeah. End quote. And then they couldn't get a date and or, couldn't get a or date couldn't look or, good enough for the people yes. they were with. Yeah. So um, when we see him, you know, as we're leading up to the end of the show and we know that some sort of something is going to happen between him and his par- his soon-to-be paramour. Yes. Um, we suddenly find him having been queer-eyed. Yes. Yes. And having been put in flattering clothing. Mm-hmm. So that's weird to me. Yes. Because... The entire time you're sitting there telling us, oh, he's com- he's comic and therefore not attractive. He's comic, you know, and therefore funny. And to allow him to be in a sexual relationship, mm-hmm. you have to make him not look fat. Yeah. He has to look less fat and not comic anymore. Yeah. And the funny thing is this woman that he wants so badly actually likes him back. Right. So she has to have been liking him back the entire time that he's been dressed kind of foolishly and cramming his body into these two small outfits. But in order for him to be worthy of her, you know, to look good enough for her, he has to look slimmer. And so we put him in clothes that actually fit and make him look attractive. And you're thinking to yourself, why weren't you shopping at those stores to begin with, Craig? Because yeah. obviously you can fit these clothes. Well, there are clothes out there that will fit you. And clearly he already owns these right. clothes. Because like, like, we don't see him going shopping no, on purpose no. for this like, outfit. We see him like getting sick yeah. and jumping out of bed and putting, putting on the clothes. Putting the clothes on. Yep. So what what is this? Why like, weren't you wearing it before? Right. Why were you wearing a shirt that's crawling up your belly? Yeah. Like, it's you know, it's the show. It's yeah. the show and it's messaging. Yeah. And that's where yeah, that's where it's that's where it's Yeah, at. because what you're supposed to take from that is now Craig feels good enough about himself to take his life in hand. Mm-hmm. You know, and we're not supposed to have thought that he was in that position before, you know? 
So, yeah, yeah it's, you know, costuming is a quick way to give you a message about somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very interesting that the way to make it clear that a fat person has taken their life in hand is to make them look slimmer. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. they're, that in order for them to be sexually attractive, yeah, they have, they to, have look to look slimmer. slimmer. Yeah. And yeah. not slovenly because yeah. that's what fat people look like. Right. <laughs> And then from there, we have um, the the only time we see a fat couple, mm-hmm. which was the couple yes. on the Titanic. Yes. And that, honestly, they're, they're so heartwarming to me because they, that possibly was the very first time on a, on the entire show that I'd actually seen a real loving couple. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure I'd seen that before them. Yeah. You know, and, um, the, and that's really great. That's yeah. really heartwarming. But a lot of the messaging around the two of them together, it was very much the two of us against the rest of the world. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so the idea that, you know, that really seems to be coming in with them is that fat can only attract fat. Yes, exactly. So it's the two fat people, <laughs> one of whom winds up dying. Um, oh, they both end up they dying. Buy, they both die. Yeah, because oh, she God. sacrifices right. herself. Right, you're right, you're right. So, and, so even in that, so these are two people who love each other and we're shown a good, healthy relationship. Um, but those people can't be allowed to make it through, you right. know? They and so they don't even they're not even suffered to live I you mean, guys they're too, they're too beautiful to live yeah <laughs> no and it's really heartbreaking because the entire episode they're presented as such sympathetic characters yeah. and you know after a while like i started to like have hopes for them i'm like great and have hopes for the show that yeah. they're like not suddenly not all the fat people are evil villain aliens you know and you know, they end up... And they weren't, but they no, die. They die. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, it's... It's... The the most disturbing aspect of it is that they can only be with each other. Yeah, yeah. And so even in her death, and even in her sacrificing herself, it was the idea that there's nothing waiting for her. Yeah. After she leaves. After yeah. he, her it's husband's It's either him gone. or nothing. It's him or nothing. And that's... So troubling. Yeah. That's so troubling because clearly relationships make the world go round. And clearly, you know, like great love is great love. Yes. And it's it's upsetting when a partner passes on yes. or a partner leaves. But there can still be hope, yes. obviously. And what the messaging in that show, that episode really did was to say, well, since you, well, and to me, I guess, since you lost the one that you found mm-hmm. that suits you yeah, physically, that's, it. that's yep. it for you. That's it. That's because all you there's can not going to be anybody else out there who's going to find you attractive, hun. Right. <laughs> you know, nobody else is going to want you. This was it. This is your chance. So you might as well just go ahead. <laughs> I'm just sitting here frowning now. Yeah, I'm like mm. we're, we're frowning at each other and kind of looking. I mean, because, you know, trust me, there are others. Yeah. <laughs> trust me, yeah. there will be others. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that that is the message you're given that this is it. This is the only one that you are ever going to find. This is the one person in the world who's going to think you're hot mm-hmm. and who's going to love you and who you're going to be a match with. And so then if the if the two of you can't have one another, that's it for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> we don't like that. <laughs> no. 
All right. right. We're giving it a frowny face. (laughs) All right. So moving on to our segment about family. Are Are you you my my mommy? mommy? All right. So um, this is our segment, obviously, that we talk about family. And so when... When we look at a lot of these characters, um, it's really interesting to sort of think about, like, in the same way in our episode about Mickey, that we discussed how he's a poor abandoned soul. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of characters on this show that feel, uh, there, there are a lot of characters, fat characters on this show, mm-hmm. that feel abandoned. Yeah. That you don't get a sense of who their family is. Yeah. Um, and that's weird. Yeah. Because, of course, fat people are a part of society. We have family. We have friends. We have romantic <laughs> partners. You know, we have coworkers. Like, we have people in our lives. And we are people in other folks' lives. Like, we're actually fully integrated into society. And so, I mean, beginning with the Slovene, like, they're all each other's family, right? Right. So, and again... All of the fat people in these episodes are part of the Slovene. So there are no just kind of regular fat human beings out there (laughs) who are just having families and stuff. And I wonder about the fact that these, they have taken over human bodies, right? And so who are these folks? And where are their people? Right? So nobody noticed that this something is going on here with them and they're acting weird. Like nobody notices that and they don't have wives or husbands or children or anybody that would notice something. Right. And of course, like we could only spend so much time on the guest stars of the week. Right. But there has to have been something like daddy's farting a little much right. lately and weird? he's rubbing his hands together and laughing maniacally. Right. Like, do you think that's weird, mommy? Like, mm, but it just never seems to no, come up. It's no. as if these, pe- all of these people are people who are in the world alone. And right. so there's nobody to have worried about them or to have noticed something was off. Um, other than, I guess, other government employees. Like, there's just no family or connections to anybody beyond that. Right. And we know a little bit about British tabloid culture right. and British media. Yeah. And so, you know, in in literally every description of a government official, or most um, descriptions of government officials that I've seen or heard... Mm-hmm. Um, from coming from the UK, they mentioned their family. Yes. You know, oh, here's, um, oh my God, I just forgot the name of Gordon Brown. I think that was one of the PMs, you know, and his lovely and his wife, wife yeah. you know, who apparently President Obama gave an iPod to and it was really insulting. I don't remember. <laughs> um, so, I mean, there's always mention right. of their significant others or their children. Yes. And so, I find it really um, unlikely yeah, that... That these people had no one right. in their lives. Right. Um, and yet that just never... That's never a thing. It never seems to come up. Right. That um, the people whose bodies they've taken, <laughs> um, that their loved ones notice something different. And so we're just kind of led to believe that these people had no loved ones. Right. Like they're just totally disjointed. They're mm-hmm. a separate, they're, they're separate and apart yeah. from society. Or more disturbingly that they've killed their loved their ones. Their loved ones. Right. Which, I mean, there's no, there's kind of, God, <laughs> how evil can you get? So not only have they taken over the people's bodies, but if they've killed off their whole families, um, yeah, there's just, it becomes very clear that these fat folks, the only people they have is other fat folks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
And um, and either that they've had. Sorry, let me start again. So, <laughs> so, um, in keeping with the idea of fat people and yeah. destroying families, yeah. mm-hmm. um, there's the monster from Clom. Yes. Oh, so, so gross. Yeah. So we have in that episode. It's one of those great found family episodes. Yeah. So these again, sort of lost souls, mm-hmm. all find each other. They've all found each other. Um, and so what we have there is a fat interloper mm-hmm. who literally breaks up that family by eating eating them. them. Yeah. He eats them. So that says a whole lot about what we think about fat people, right? So this is the way that he destroys this group of folks who have found one another. Um, these kind of separate geeky folks who have come together and they found one another and, and they've made friends and family there. And he just starts to inhale them, literally. Like he just eats them. <laughs> and they become a part of his body, which is the grossest thing I've ever... Like, what? That's... The- the actress who plays Moaning Myrtle in the Harry Potter <laughs> movies, and she plays the lady in this episode, and I don't remember what her name was, but she, at the end, is like a part of a stone slab or something now. I feel so bad for this actress. I'm like, when did you just get to be a normal, everyday person? And I saw her in another uh, British sh- show that'll come back to me in a minute. I want to say Sleepy Hollow, but I know that's not the name of it. Um It'll come to me in a minute. But anyway, she winds up being the accomplice of like a murderer or something. So like she yeah. never gets to play a normal right. person. So I saw her. So there is this series called Shakespeare Retold where hmm. they ta- like they pick select Shakespeare plays and retell them at, with, you know, not the Shakespeare dialogue, which, yeah, yeah, yeah it was sad because mm-hmm. I love the Shakespeare. Yeah, me too. Like yeah, the actual words. But she played. Um, what is her name? Katarina in and Taming of the Shrew. She mm. played the Shrew, mm-hmm. and so she was not really normal in that one either. Oh, uh, she was very hun. shrewish. <laughs> you got to watch this, by the way. This is totally an interjection that <laughs> you cut out. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to see this because Rufus Sewell plays her her the the guy that ends up marrying yeah. her, and he's a cross dresser. He's a transvestite. It's Rufus Sewell transvestite in Taming of the Shrew. Okay. It w- <laughs> After we after we get finished with this, yes. you're going to have to tell me the name of this again because now I've decided this is the only thing I want to watch. Okay. <laughs> All right, back on topic. Right. Back on topic. Right. So yeah, we have fat people breaking up families. Yes, and you know, literally, literally, um, and making families of themselves. Yeah, and then from there we have um, Craig. Craig. Craig and Sophie. Yeah. Who become a family eventually. So yeah, Craig starts off just kind of wanting Sophie and then, but eventually we find out that Sophie and Craig get married and they have a baby, which is the best thing ever. So okay, finally, this fat dude, he has a wife, everything is good, he's happy, they have a baby who's the cutest baby in the world, even though maybe he's some kind of evil little minion because he calls himself the Dark Lord, but that's okay. (laughs) So they have their little, you know, their nuclear family, and yet... We don't see much of Sophie in that episode, you know, that she's kind of gone off. And so he is kind of single dad knit um, with Alfie, Stormy, and the doctor. So Mm -hmm. we don't really get to see much of their 
romantic relationship. Right. Yeah. Right. And so the idea of family there almost gets a little bit diluted because yes, it's him and and Stormy. Yeah. (laughs) It's him and Stormy. And I think, you know, where I sort of, um, sort of trip over in that scene, the, the episode a little bit is the, again, comic side of, oh, look, a fat man wearing a baby Bjorn. Yeah, the baby Bjorn. (laughs) Oh, oh so cute. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, Craig. And he just looks so kind of like he's like, oh God, I don't know what to do with this baby. And so that's saying, that's saying stuff about fat people, but it's also saying stuff about men. Um, and we should talk maybe in another episode about, you know, the idea of women's roles and men's roles because you see the man with his child and all of a sudden he's inept and it's as if he's never been left alone with his baby before and in in the baby's entire life yeah it's very stereotypical yeah but um yeah so i mean we do see some semblance of a happy family there but we're we're more left to assume that it's a happy family right um even as we see him bumbling bumbling around which may be more like we're saying we it may be more man dad thing Yes, fat. Then it's fat. Yeah, yeah. It's still sort of like, huh? And again, he's cast as a comical character. Yes, and so even in his most loving, even in his most familial, we're still meant to see him as comic. Yeah, he's never going to be the leading man. He's not the you know the object of you know sexual affection or anything like that. He's kind of just kind of the bumbling dude who bumbles his way into helping the doctor save the world. So after all that, like my big, my, my big sort of statement Mm -hmm. to the show, should it ever get reach them is please do better. Like honestly, like fat people are not exactly a small, oh God, that sounds terrible. Aren't a a minority. I mean, I don't feel like they're a minority. We're not. not, I don't feel like fat people are a minority. And so like stop hurting people's feelings like right. the, the saddest thing is like yes you know like it's very easy for me when you see poor representation of Asians poor representations uh, of um, of black people poor representations mm-hmm. of um, like you know any race to yeah. feel offended but like poor representations of fat people that hurts yeah. because like honestly you know the idea there's so much that overlays that of Mm -hmm. you're not trying hard enough you're not good enough there's something wrong there's so much there and like the idea that we are like killing the self-esteem of an entire group of people this much when and that it stretches across and overlays other you know other minority yes of um, course like roles too yes because there are fat people of every race of every class of every creed yeah of every version of sexuality right so yeah do better yeah because you know fat people are people yeah and we actually have full lives okay so there are people that love us there are people we love um we have agency we even dress well We have clothes that fit. Yeah. I mean, it can be a little hard to find the clothes that fit, which is a whole separate issue. Don't ask me. But fat people are people. And so 
we don't want to be shown as being some stereotypical, jolly, funny person. We don't want to be shown as evil. And that's not to say that the evil person can never be a fat person or that the jolly, fun-loving person should never be a fat person because there are fat, mean folks. There are fat, fun-loving folks, right? But what you want to show is the breadth of possibility for a person who lives in a fat body. Mm -hmm. And so we have sexual relationships. We have parental relations. Like we have parents. We have friends. (laughs) We have friends. We have whole, we have whole lives. We have (laughs) careers. And so we have agency in our whole, in our own lives. And we'd like to be shown that way. Right. And you know, just like a fat, uh, just like a black person, an Asian person, a Middle Eastern person could be the doctor. Yep. A fat person a could be the person doctor. A fat person could be too. the doctor because there are fat, clever people. Right. That's a thing that exists. <laughs> that, that's a thing that exists. And we are just as heroic as anybody else. You know? And let's remember the TARDIS is bigger on the inside. So there's plenty of room for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be able to fit. It'll be just fine. <laughs> Give us a chance, folks. Give us a chance. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we've pretty much covered everything we want to say in our adipose-centered episode. So, you know, we'll be bringing up much more controversial and interesting topics. So, yeah. Yeah. Come back. You'll have to come back and and hear other things. So we want to thank you so much for listening to us. um, And we want to welcome you to come back and to keep talking to us. So you can find us again. You can find us on Instagram at Woke Doctor Who. You can find us on Twitter at Woke Doctor Who. (laughs) You can email us at woke.dr.who at gmail.com. Yes. And also, we have set up a Tumblr, but we've been ignoring it because neither of us knows Tumblr. I'm not a Tumblr person. Um, We're trying. I'm trying. (laughs) I'm more the Tumblr person in that I will go on every once in a while, be on for 10 minutes, and then get overwhelmed. Um, but but we'll get there. We'll get there. there. So you can find us all across social media. And, you know, pass it on to your friends. Tell them we're out here and talk back to us because we're so excited to be a a part of the conversation. Thank you again for listening to us. I'm Toya. And I'm Eugenia. And this has been Woke Doctor Who. And we don't want to go. I don't want to go. But we have to. So bye. Bye.